Report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. He laser clickers. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. We're back from our brief hiatus, and we are very excited today to talk about two episodes of The Bad Batch. First up, we're going to talk about episode 11, Devil's Deal, and then we'll talk about episode 12, Rescue on Ryla. Now, before we get started, because we've been gone for just a couple of weeks, we've got a couple of announcements. William, why don't you tell us about those? Yeah, thanks, uh, guys. Good to be back t- talking with you guys again. It's been uh, about a month. We've missed a, a few episodes of The Bad Batch, but we're going to catch up on all of those. And by, I think, next next weekend or so, you should have uh, all your uh, all the episodes, all of our reviews uh, out recapping what we've missed. But uh, a bunch of us have been traveling and, uh, and other sorts of things. So... Um, yeah, so with that, uh, a couple a couple announcements. First, uh, you may have seen uh, Riley and, uh, and and Mark over at the Good Friends Star Wars Report. Obviously, they you know on the same site as us. Uh, they um, announced some, put out some bittersweet news. The 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 Star Wars Report podcast is going to be ending at episode five hundred. Uh, they're what I say low four hundreds right now or so or mid five four hundreds. So they've probably got about maybe six months or a year left. Um, but once they reach episode five hundred, that podcast will be um, ending at least for for now. Um, just due to the various things going on in their lives, we're very sad to to see that because we've been podcasting with them for since the beginning. I remember when uh, Riley started the Bothan um, Bothan Report, and then they rebranded it to the Star Wars Report, and uh, I think he started out on this podcast um, yeah. you know, with us, and then he started the Bothan Report, and then um, of course we we joined them on their on the Star Wars Report dot com. Um, so it's sad to see the, the podcast ending, but, um, we wish them all the best. They've still got a lot of episodes left. Uh, you can go check out their episode for more details on this and and why they're doing that. Um, but, um, just want to make sure everyone knows while the podcast will be ending in six months or a year or so, the, um, the site will still be around and we're not going anywhere. So, um, don't, don't worry. Uh, nothing's happening to, uh, Ion Canon Cast. Since the the site and the podcast have the same name, I could see potentially some confusion there. But we're all good. We're not going anywhere. Uh, so um, do not worry. Yeah, we're all good. We're all fine. How are you? <laughs> who is this? What's your operating number? Yeah, who is this? <laughs> um, what else? Let's see. Um, High Republic Wave Three was announced. Uh, the Light of the Jedi will go dark starting next January. Um, so, uh, uh, I don't know if you, have you guys read the, the latest books in, in wave two yet? Um, I know I'm, I'm, I've read almost all of them midway through one. I didn't get a chance to, uh, to finish it. Slightly I'm, behind I'm, at the moment, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I'm kind of in the middle of one of them and decided to take a side trip somewhere else for a bit. Yeah. I, I know the, I know what you mean. Um, yeah. but yeah, they, they did announce that at, um, San Diego comic con, and yeah, they, they we're going to be getting uh, as per usual. We're going to be getting uh, three books as well as a number of comics and, and other things as well. 
Um, but the, the 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 mainline book, of course, will be the uh, the adult novel from Delray, written by Claudia Gray, called "The Fallen Star," and it's all about how the the light of the Jedi is going to face its darkest hour. Um, in the uh, the the young adult uh, category, Daniel Jose Older is writing a novel called Midnight Horizon, uh, which sounds interesting. And then, of course, we've got Mission to Disaster, written by Justina Ireland. So, and that's in the the YA or the middle grade uh, category. So. As usual, um, it looks like another great set of books. We also also have The Higher Public Tempest Runner. It's an audiobook original all about Learn a D. Um, so that's coming out as well. So lots of good High Republic stuff on the horizon uh, if you have been following that. And we'll be, we'll be reviewing more of those books soon as well. We've just been a little busy with Bad Batch. Um, over in the film and, and uh, TV category, like I said, we've got a lot of news. Um, I don't know about you guys, I'm very excited for this one. Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian, the making of the season two finale, releases on August 25th, just a few weeks from now, at the end of the month. We'll finally get more details on Luke Skywalker's appearance. Uh, I can't wait. soon enough for me. Yes, yes. We may have to do a dedicated episode on that one, because it's just... I, I I was a little disappointed by you guys. I was a little disappointed by Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian, this time for season two, just because mm-hmm. the first season, it was like, there was, a, what, eight episodes, I think, um, all focused on different parts of the, of the, of the series, of the, or the season at the time, the first season, and... It was it was amazing. It went into so much detail. The the epi- the Disney Gallery of the Mandalorian for season two was it was cool. It was great. It was a much longer documentary than, uh, but it was only one episode, and right. they didn't touch on the end at all. So we're finally. I, I think what that. what I missed about it was with the first Disney Gallery about the Mandalorian, you had all the directors that were around the table talking about each episode. And you kind of understand when it came to the season uh, two one, when they did that one, everything that was going on, it would kind of make it more difficult to do that kind of, you know, situation. But I'm looking forward to the season finale, uh, season two finale one on on August. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, And then coming up in September, on September 22nd, the next Star Wars series launches. Uh, It's called Star Wars Visions. And uh, we've talked about this previously a bit. This is the anime uh, series, and it's going to have nine uh, short stories um, from different anime production companies. Um, uh, and the the episode titles they did announce the first um, the 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 titles of the nine episodes from seven, I believe, uh, different production companies. We have the Duel, uh, Lop, and Ocho. Tatooine Rhapsody, The Twins, The Elder, The Village Bride, uh, Akakari, T0B1, and The Ninth Jedi. So uh, these will be interesting to see. They're all going to drop on uh, the same day. Um, I'm really interested to see what they have here. You know, these aren't these aren't canon from what I from what I can tell. These are not you know um, uh, official stories necessarily, but they're a, a way of um, exploring different parts of the galaxy in anime form. Yeah, I have high hopes for this. I think it'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. I I hope so too. 
And then uh, last but uh, certainly not least, the Galactic Star Cruiser is launching in spring of 2022. So um, I don't know about you guys. I want to I want to take a ride on this. And there's a there's like a 30 minute uh, interview with the Imagineers talking more about this on the I think it was the Disney Parks YouTube channel. Is that right, Tom? Uh, yeah, I think it was Disney Parks blog. I think you can probably find it on YouTube. Um, if you go to our Facebook page, there's a link to it. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, right now, it's like, um, yeah, take my money, please. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think for me, that's going to be 2023 because I'm pretty sure that as soon as the quote unquote bookings happen, they're going to fill up pretty quick. Yeah. The. And they haven't announced, like, we don't know how many people are going to be able to hold, how what the pricing is going to be. So there's yeah, that, a whole that's the one thing bunch of questions. Yeah, yeah the, the whole pricing thing is what they've kept under wraps. The fascinating thing when you read the uh, watch this video is they talk about the food and that experience, you know, the, the traveling to Batu, how that's supposed to be more interactive if you do this. It's watch the video. It's, it's yeah. really fascinating for what they have planned for the Star Cruiser. Just fascinating as heck. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's about it. I, we, we also did have a chance to interview Gwendolyn Yo, who plays Nala Say uh, in The Bad Batch. And uh, we won't have a dedicated, it was part of a, a roundtable interview. Uh, we'll be mer- blending in some of that interview with our roundtable coverage, uh, of that roundtable interview with our coverage of the um one of the upcoming episodes of the bad batch. So uh, stay tuned for that. We do have some, there's some interesting um, kind of behind the scenes about Gwendolyn Yo uh, and uh, how she p- portrays the character. So we'll talk more about that later on when we, when we review war mantle and some of the, the, the later episodes in the, in the season. But fun fact, she did confirm that Dave Filoni pronounces the species Kaminoan, not Kaminoan. Uh, so uh, I don't know if I'd ever officially heard that before. So it kind of lays that to, to rest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so with that, let's get into our reviews. We've got two episodes to discuss today. Tom, take it away. I am so looking forward to talking about these two because the first one we're going to talk about is episode season one, episode 11, Devil's Deal. Directed by Stuart Lee and written by Tamara Betcher Wilkinson. The synopsis, as the seeds of rebellion forment or forment on an outer rim world, the Empire schemes to squash it. The second episode, we're going to put both of the titles out of the way right now, is called Rescue on Ryloth. Directed by Nathaniel Villanueva and written by Jennifer Cobit. And this one is, the Batch is tasked with a dangerous mission. Yeah. Now... You kind of get the feeling you have um, somebody's going to appear in this episode. And I was surprised this ended up being more of an origin story for one character. Can you guess who it was? Yeah, this this was so I, I love this was to me very nostalgic. These these episodes on a number of levels. Yes. Right. Obviously, we've got the return of Hera uh, and it's basically a Hera origin story, as you said, Tom. And yeah. I want to get more into that in a moment. We have Cham Syndulla, uh, who, of course, first appeared in the Ryloth episodes in season one of the Clone Wars. And and so it feels like a bit of the Clone Wars. It feels like a bit of Rebels. feels like a bit of Bad mm-hmm. Badge. 
And, you know, for those of you who've been listening to us since the beginning, the first time all three of us were podcasting together was for the Ryloth trilogy uh, or duology of episodes in the Clone Wars. So Ryloth was the first episodes we ever reviewed together. Talk about full circle. Yeah. Just the best of all things here. Yeah. Yeah. That the one thing I appreciate about this one, because she's been named off, we finally get to see Hera's mother. Cause this is where you get to see Eleni Sandula. Yeah, we get, yeah, we get Chan. We get, we finally get to meet Eleni. We, we've seen her in pictures in yep. rebels. Um, and, but we never actually got to see her character. I'd say in the, in the flesh, but they're animated, but you know, <laughs> it's the first time I've ever seen her, uh, 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 her character before we get Glo- uh, Gobi Glee again, who of course was in clone wars and rebels. Um, one of Cham's, uh, friends, kind of an uncle to uh, to Hera, and of course a young Hera played by Vanessa Marshall again, who returns and and uh, you know gives Hera her 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 French accent that she has whenever she's back home on Ryloth. We talked about that in our reviews of Rebels as well. But mm-hmm. Stephen, what was it like for you going back and, and getting this this really this this origin story for Hera Sandola? It was unexpected, um, and it's it's funny in that it actually reminds me of watching, especially like season two of Rebels in a lot of ways, where, you know, second season of Rebels did all these amazing things where it blended in pieces of Clone Wars in unexpected ways, and this very much felt similar, except we're working backwards this time. Um, it's just, it's one of those things where it really makes, I'd say, uh, all of the animated series, well, particularly Clone Wars... Bad Batch and now Rebels flow together in this fantastic way where, yeah, like this is, I don't know, like a, a, a universe that, you know, crosses and comes together and getting to see more of Hera was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that and also the best thing about this was you finally get the feeling or you finally get to see her love of flying and you, you see that start in this episode of, you know, she's sitting there and and. And I have to say, Vanessa Marshall kind of on her Twitter account blew this because you're sitting here watching a sky with birds and then you see this green hand just kind of follow the birds through the sky. And when I saw that, because I I saw that before I watched the episode, it's like, oh, I know what's going to happen in this episode. And I'm like, okay, it works. I just want to say, I'm also so thrilled at how they handled all of that as well. Yes. Like, this is very clearly a young Hera. She is not yet the warrior. She isn't, you know, instantly amazing at piloting. Uh, It really brought back echoes of, like, Luke in Episode 4, where, like, you can tell there's some amount of innate, like, innate skill, but it's not Mm -hmm. developed yet. This isn't someone who's going to rush off and immediately be successful. Right. Um, And getting to see Hera in that position, I thought was really, really interesting. Yeah, because you you got to see her as a kid, which made this work. And it kind of a little bit later, it it works better. But at the same time, you got to see her as a kid interacting with Chopper, because we also get not so much Chopper's origin story, because we knew he was basically a war vet. But we got to see the interaction between her and Chopper. And to a certain extent, I think Chopper was trying to keep her out of trouble. But she's a kid. You know, Mm. she she gets into trouble because you know what? She's a kid. Yeah, I you know, the next time we see her is what fourteen ish years later. Um, so she's still 
she's still very very young at this point mm. and i as you guys said i just love how they develop her and they don't make her the exact character she is in rebels you can see she she really does feel like a a a child right in this right. in this but but someone who will grow into the character we know and love mm-hmm. in star wars rebels right. and and that's what's just so cool about this you know um, and what i appreciate yeah, also oh go ahead steven go ahead no, I'll let you finish your thought, and then I'm going to segue us into another thing I loved about this episode. Okay, hopefully I'm not going to take your thunder, because the part that I liked about this, not only did we see, like, Hera's development, but we got to see, basically, you know, Champ Sandula, really, in this episode, you, you could tell he was really fighting for peace. He he was, let's say, the reluctant war hero. He wanted to trust the Empire to say, look, you know, let's let's... Let's live in peace for a while. Let's let the Empire base, fight the war for us this time. And let's just actually move forward at this point. And you could also see his uncomfortableness of having to step in front of um, um, the, the, uh, the, the God, why am I blanking on his name? Um, Tua, not Tua. Um, uh, the, the, oh God. Orn for Ta, you mean? Orn for Ta, thank yeah. you. Um, yeah, so you saw his reluctance to step in front of Orm Fratah because you could tell the people didn't trust Fratah, but they trust Cam. And when he gave that speech to the people, you could tell they're like, okay, we can follow him because he's our war hero, and maybe it is time to basically lay down our arms, except for Gobi and, as we see later, the ones that didn't trust the Empire. So that's my thought. Hopefully, Stephen, I didn't take yours. Okay, well, you almost did. Okay, good. But it's slightly broader. I, okay. So first of all, this, I'm, I mean, this was, a, um, I'm going to spoil my review ahead of time. This was a perfect 10 for me. Like, probably the best episode of Bad Batch in my mind. Um, wow. Not because there wasn't a ton of Bad Batch, but I just thought this episode did so much of what the Bad Batch as a show has been doing, and it did it so perfectly. We've seen Clone Wars, which told us what happened during the war. We've seen, obviously, A New Hope and What Follows, which tells us about the Civil War. And we've seen Rebels, which did a great job of saying, hey, how did all these separate uh, rebellions come together, become the Rebel Alliance? What Bad Batch has been doing is showing the transformation between the Republic and the Galactic Empire. Mm -hmm. And this episode was, like, literally every element of it was just perfect for showing that. We have Cham, as you pointed out, Tom, kind of being the like, no, like we've been fighting for a long time. This is totally what we were fighting for. I want to be done fighting. I think this is right. We have the Empire just kind of edging a little bit, like, oh, why not add, you know, some additional refineries? Why not add in some additional troops? We have clones who are trying to come to terms with what's going on. Um, and it just, it for me, it all came together and really showing like, this is, this is what posts... Order 66 is like. This is what that transformation is like. It's not even necessarily like the super obvious things like the chain codes that we've seen in previous episodes. It is Mm -hmm. this subtle, like, no, Mm. we're all tired. It's fine. Just stop fighting. We're all going to kind of sit back and enjoy this peace. And I'm air quoting this peace that we've earned. Right. Right. And this episode did such a great job of showing what that looks like. Yeah. Yeah. And and it also, it also shows, sorry, sorry to interrupt him. It shows how, in this point, when it comes to Ryloth, the Empire was just so easily there to, to you know, soothe everybody into the, 
we'll take care of you. Everything will be fine. Don't worry about it. We've got these great clone troopers that basically help defend you guys. They're not going to they're, they're not going to protect you. So it's okay. The the empire's got you covered. So lay down your arms. Yeah, it, you know, I think as we saw in the Clone Wars, Ryloth was initially very skeptical of the clones, right? They didn't really want the clones there. But the the Republic and the Jedi and the clones were able to prove themselves and, and show mm-hmm. that they were trying to help Ryloth and they wanted what was best for Ryloth and they weren't just trying to take over, right, and conquer the planet. Um, and when the Empire takes over and the Republic becomes the Empire, it's the same people, it's the same, you know, uh, force, it's the same, effectively the same government, right? It's the same, it's not like a different army came in, it's the same people, but... A lot of the the motivations change. People at the top change. The orders change, and you know we see in this episode Cham going through this uh, kind of internal crisis of like I, I want to trust the Republic. I want to let them you know in the Empire now. I want to let them try to help us, and we see him realize they can't be trusted. You know right. I, the the people I thought had my back, the people I thought I could trust. I can't trust. And, right. and and conversely, we also see some of the, even the clones like Captain Hauser, who I'd love to talk more about in just a moment. He has the, the anniversary, a similar reaction of like, maybe I can't trust who I'm working for. And it's just a, it's a perfect dynamic. And it, in the, these two episodes really do a phenomenal job of not just introducing Hera and giving us her origin story, but showing us how a planet like Ryloth can go from, you know, fearing the clones in the Clone Wars to now trusting the clones now, now the Empire, right? um, and then realizing that maybe they can't trust them and the Empire is bad right. and, and, and showing us that whole journey. Right. And to a certain extent, that, that mistrust is there when you have Hera looking over or basically by that factory. And she's like, what do you see, Chopper? And she's, you know, she's she's a kid, but you got the feeling that she was there because somebody put her there to go do that. Well, and that's where. Yeah, well, I know. I know we're getting. Yeah, there. we're getting there. Because it, all, it also it also kind of, like you said, ties into Hauser, too, because Hauser had a really good, you know, couple things later when it came to it. But it, it's funny how, you know, Hera's like a child sitting there. Let, let's watch this thing. And she looks up into the sky and here come a couple of troopers, clone troopers sit here and say, Oh, you're in a restricted area. And basically pulls her over to her father. Yeah. Well, so, so there's, I think there's two pieces. Some of it is just Hera's natural curiosity. Right. And, and, and some distrust of the empire still. Right. Um, and rightfully so. But some of it is also Gobi Glee, her, you know, she calls her, her uncle, right. Who is, kind of using Hera as a way to get in. He definitely does not trust the Empire. Where Cham is, Cham is ready to stop fighting. He's been fighting mm-hmm. throughout the whole Clone Wars, right? Um, he's he's tired. He's done. Um, Gobi still doesn't trust the Empire. And while Gobi is ultimately right, he does use Hera to, to spy on the Empire, to get intel. And he puts her in a lot of these situations where she starts to get in trouble. She gets captured by the clones and, and later you know, even is accused of treason. Yeah. Yeah. Steven. It's 
no, it's just it's fascinating to see like how these sorts of things fractures. Mm-hmm. And I it's so fascinating to look at how this compares to things. Um Andron is an example that kind of stands out to me, I think, where we've seen in Clone Wars episodes when you have groups like Sagarera's group who didn't trust the clones at all and they don't come around. Um and it's just this episode does such a great job of showing one story of what, you know, this experience is like for, you know, the average planet in the galaxy. And the fact that we get to do this on Ryloth, we get to weave in some backstory for Hera. We get to weave in uh, clones that we've seen before, you know, in Clone Wars. It's just fantastic. Yeah. Do you guys think, was Gobi, Gobi right to use Hera? Oh, certainly not. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, that's that's not a question. Yeah, that, that's not a question. But but also, here's the other thing that I was trying to get at. So when Hera got caught and she was brought to her father along with Chopper, because naturally, where's Hera without Chopper? And Hauser kind of pulls Cam aside and says, look, OK, I'm going to let this one slide. Mm-hmm. OK, because he was doing it as a friend. And and he was like, you know, Cham is like, you know, Hera, run along, run along. So Hera goes to her mom. And her mom's sitting there and kind of gives, starts giving her the scolding. But I love how her mom, Eleni, sits there and says, what did you observe? And don't leave anything out. So, so now you're looking at it this way. Was it Gobi? Gobi doesn't trust him at all. But, but you also now get the feeling that Eleni doesn't trust him either. Oh, certainly not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I think I think while she's like she disapproves of Hera doing it, she's also like, well, since you were there, like, come on, tell me, what, yeah. tell me, what, you know, she's she's yeah. I, that we see where Hera gets a lot of her, you know, her her uh, curiosity and and that sort of thing and tactics mm-hmm. for yeah. sure. Um, no, I, I, and I, I, you know, the 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 big the kind of where this the first part of the, this two-parter right, comes to a head is during the whole convoy attack because she hair gets caught again well I, I mean we didn't well, briefly talk about the batch so uh the hair gets caught right as we talked about earlier and, and hauser's like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna let you let it slide this time I'm not gonna tell anybody and then Gobi sends her out takes her out to go help pick up weapons from a supplier that supplier just happens to be the bad batch and mm-hmm. of course Hera gets they all get captured after that now, well before we talk about the capture though got it. i want to briefly chat about the bad batch themselves and i think steven you briefly alluded to this earlier but this episode is unique in this series so far in that the batch maybe has three four minutes of screen time in the entire episode mm-hmm. yeah and i don't think it takes away from the episode but it no this reminds me so much of Clone Wars, where we would tur- go away from Ahsoka and Anakin and Obi Wan for a couple of episodes, like we, and then they'd show up later, or we ju- we just get part of the story that isn't, you know, most important. Right. Um, it's one of the things I I think we talked about all the time. If you go back and listen to our cl- uh, Clone Wars reviews, like that was fantastic. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. It went a long way towards making the show feel bigger and tell broader stories. And this was a great example of how they did that. Mm-hmm. I loved seeing them do it again. And and I, I loved it because when Hera met Omega, it was like two little kids mm-hmm. because you had Omega yep. sitting there on the side of the ship because naturally you've got the batch going, delivering the weapons. Omega's going to sit there at the, at the ship and basically, quote unquote, let's let's theoretically say guard it. So Hera's just like a kid 
and sees another kid, walks on over, asks permission to go see inside the ship, and naturally Omega asks permission to let her in. And I just like that little animation of a nod, just like, okay, go ahead. Mm-hmm. And then and then you sit here and you have Omega showing Hera everything inside the ship. This is this, this is that, this is that. And I think Hera just goes to Omega and says, have you flown this? And Omega says, no, I can't because Tech wants me to recite, and I can't remember exactly. It was but all, like, he, she needs to be able to recite all of the technical specifications of the ship, <laughs> okay. which is... It's just a very tech thing to say for for a kid, you know, for for a kid. But it, it was it was the joy of watching these two kids in the middle of a bad batch episode be kids. Because here you've got Omega also saying, "Look, let me show you the coolest part of the ship. This is my room." Mm-hmm. Okay, and and then th- this is where and, and I'll stop because I, I got to hit this one point. And she's like, you know, this is great because it's my room. And until we get in trouble. And then this is like our weapons bay. And it's funny because Hera's comment back is like, you guys are in trouble. But I love Omega's comment back to her is like, I thought you were the one in trouble. Mm-hmm. It, it's one of the things that showed us so well is the, the writing of the kids, right? I think it's just been outstanding. Omega, Hera in this, because I think she's what? She's probably a 10, 11 at this point. I think she was born in. She was born 29 years before the Battle of Avon. We're about 19 years before, 18, 19 years right now. And so, yeah, she'd be about 10, 11. Um, yeah, it, it, she's just so perfectly written. Both, yeah. both, both, both Hera and Omega. Yeah. It, and, it's, and go ahead. Somebody else talk. I was, I was going to say, it, one of the things I loved is it, it feels so weird in some ways. Like, I said, because the animation styles are different. They're both kind of, as a, you know, in this, uh, lineage of Clone Wars, Bad Batch, Rebels, in my mind, this is not how old Hera is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And so it, throughout the episode, especially between two of them, it's like this, in my mind, for some reason, Omega is 10 and Hera is, you know, whatever age she is in Rebels, mm-hmm. like late right. 20s or whatever. And so the, the, only, <laughs> the only complaint I have for this is, um, this makes me expect to see Omega and Rebels because if this show had come first, of course Omega would have start been in like one episode where she gets hair out of a jam and it, we get a, that hint to the backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now I'm, my only complaint is I'm slightly sad we never got to see that episode, or at least maybe not yet. I guess we don't know if Omega survives. To be fair, yeah, I mean that, that, <laughs> that's the thing right now. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know even if the Bad Batch survives yeah. out of any of this. So. Honestly, we don't even know if we're getting another season, and we're right. there's only four episodes. Uh, I think four, right? Four episodes left um, after, yeah, yeah, four episodes left after after these two. You know, two have been released. We won't talk about those right now to avoid any spoilers for those of you who haven't seen it yet. But um, there's not a whole lot left. We don't even know if we're getting a season two yet. Right. I, I guess we'll see. But yeah. your your point is valid. You know, Stephen. Like, where if if Omega does survive, where could she show up? Where where could could she have shown up if if we knew? Although I guess you could make the very same argument about Ahsoka, right? It would have been great to see Ahsoka in Episode Three, for example. Had we known about sure the Clone Wars, right? Um, but it, I think it is it, Omega is such a great character, and I'm actually really eager to talk about. I think we'll wait until we review the next two episodes to talk to speculate more about. Omega and what might happen in the rest of the season slash series. Right. Cause there's a lot to talk about there, but, mm-hmm. um, but I, you know, I guess 
so the bad the batch leave and their their cameo is basically done. And as you said, Stephen, it's while it's very short, I didn't mind because it was such that they did such a great job of exploring Ryloth and the batch ultimately do show up in the next half of this two-parter rescue on Ryloth and they play a very prominent role. And so even though they are only very briefly in this first part, it's really more about setting up Ryloth and then they come back into the picture. And so right. I thought it made, I saw some people complaining about it online, but I thought it made complete sense. Uh, uh, I, I, I just, I enjoyed it. I mean, this, this was, this basically was the episode that shows the twilight people literally start the distrust of the empire especially especially when it was it was crosshair who set a tracking device on Gobi's ship mm-hmm. okay so after the weapons were basically got cuz that's that's as we've established they went and got weapons from the bad batch went back on to ryloth and naturally everything hits the fan because crosshair found them found where they were going to be dropping off the weapons and what happens they descend on that area and what who do they capture after the ship crashes crashes they capture Gobi, the pilot and hera which does not look good for cham and eleni because here's hera in the middle of this now and basically as chopper normally does come running in with his arms all over the place saying that she's going to be tried for treason well and it gets it gets worse too, right? Yeah, I, it know, gets worse she, than that. She's gonna be tried that, for treason, and so not only it looks bad for for um, Cham and uh, Lenny, but Hera's their daughter, and they have to go yep. rescue her. So of course yep. they go and they attack the convoy that, <laughs> that Hera and Gobikli are in, at to, in order to save them, which just makes all sorts of havoc but break loose. What? One of Go the ahead, things Steve. that I really appreciated, um, and sorry, what, the name of the center was or- Ortolam. What was it? Oh, uh, the canyon? No, the senator. Oh, uh, Ornfrita. Oh, Ornfrita. Ornfrita, thank you. Yeah, Ornfrita. So throughout this episode, Ornfrita is, keeps, he's bugging Rampart like, no, you've got to take care of Cham Sindula. You've got to take care of Cham Sindula. And I loved Rampart's like, no, look, we're taking care of it. And he's, he's cool throughout this entire episode, just kind of having Crosshair keep an eye on what's going on. He knows that Cham's fighters are up to no good. And I love how he baits that hook of, okay, we're going to reel Cham in to the point where he has to do something. Right. And then we're not even trumping up the charges. Cham attacked a, a convoy, you know? The fact that it had his daughter who's getting trumped up charges is kind of irrelevant or relevant depending on what side of the issue you're on. But it, I just... It was such a great example of how the Empire is approaching a lot of things, too. They're not yet at the point where they brazenly take what they want and dissolve the Senate, because who cares? But they still are, they know how to use those underhanded methods to achieve the right results. Mm-hmm. And in this case, you know, Born Free Ta gets uh, what's coming to him. Cham and uh, Eleni end up in prison, and, uh, you know, all all's going well. Well, and, and here's the thing. I love how... <clears throat> I love how the Admiral just sat there and said, you know, Arnfrita, you have done your part. Mm-hmm. And just, I did not expect, I'm going to say, um, a headshot on Arnfrita. I did not expect that one at no. all. And Crosshair just takes him out. Like it, what's, what's so great, too, is we've seen Cham Sandula be a bit of a hothead in the Clone Wars. Right. right? And right. so it would make sense that Cham would be the one 
to take out Orn Free Top. Like, hey, you are betraying well, your planet to the Empire. You kidnapped my daughter, right? Um, I love that frame her. he is on that ledge. He right. is mm-hmm. about to do it. And, and Eleni is the one who's pulls him yeah. back into the like, no, this is yep. this isn't right. Yep. Yep. She she talks him back and he still has his his gun pointed at his blaster pointed at uh Orn Free Ta and uh Eleni talks him down and just when just when you think everything's okay, boom, the shot comes out of nowhere and takes out just completely takes out Orn Free Ta. Yeah. And not only was it surprising to see that that happen, you have that brief moment of like, was it, was it, was it Cham? You don't really know. Um, oh, I hate to say this, you knew it was not him. You knew because even Hauser, even Hauser, at a certain well, point, right? Go ahead. But yeah, go ahead. For a brief split second, you don't really know, right? And then you realize, right. oh, okay, it's it's crosshair. But um, it's just the way they 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 shot it was just so well done. And I was also surprised, honestly, that. They even took out Orn Free Talk. He's a character that's been in the movies and, mm-hmm. you know. Well, like, but they they yeah. didn't, right? I thought in this episode and in the next, they make a couple of mentions that Orn Free Talk is recovering or he was oh, injured. I and took I, that as the biggest piece of uh-huh. you know what. There's no way he's recovering I, from this one. I mean, I. <sighs> because, and, and the reason, I, I'm going to say this. The reason why he's not recovering from this, sure, you're going to have Vice Admiral Rampart play this up like, oh, my God, he's great. He's fine. He's dandy. But if he ends up living, then how are you really going to get the trumped up charges on Tim? At some point, it's going to be, I'm sorry, but it was it was turned for the worst. And because of this, it's more charges going to be put on Tim. Yeah. So let's 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 talk about this then. About the, this, the second episode. This is this is where. This is where we transition from uh, Devil's Deal to Rescue on Ryloth. And mm-hmm. in in Devil's Deal, I uh, – so it, it looks like, you know, it's pretty clear, I, th- I thought, that Cham Syndulla died. And then we get to uh, early on in Rescue on Ryloth and Vice Admiral Rampart's talking to – the public and saying, "Oh, he's he's fine. Uh, he survived a, his, an assassination attempt and is uh, and he is recovering." It looked to me like that was just a lie to keep the public at, uh, you know, from from the from unrest. Mm-hmm. I think no, he I, actually is dead, right? Oh, he's oh god, he's he's <laughs> uh, he's got to be about six feet under by now. If if they do that with him, um, I mean he's, yeah he's, dude, done. Yeah, I, I yeah, it's, and and again it's funny because I I get back to Hauser because you know I think when when Rampart's walking away and Hauser's kind of talking to him saying look, you know, I, Hauser even knew it was not Champ, but Rampart kind of turned around. And, and kind of gave him that look like, are you sure it wasn't? And it was probably one of those things in which when it comes to a clone, he he's following orders. Good soldiers follow orders. And and you even get the feeling in the past episode we just talked about 
when the shot came, I think there was a shot of Hauser looking in the direction where the shot came from and knew it wasn't coming from Jim. Hmm. So I, I'm looking at more. It, it looks like uh, Orin Fritas supposedly, according to Wiki, Wikipedia, says he did survive and that the um, and that he, he later shows up, I think, in some of the comics, maybe uh, oh, really? later on. Which is surprising to me, and I, I, I it, what's weird to me is that they never show that in the Bad Batch, and I wonder if they're changing that and and actually did intend for him to die, or if Rampart's excuse is, you know, to the to the Ryloth people is is true. I'm very surprised by this. I want to watch it again because to me. That was put through an eardrum. Unless he missed and got one of the the, the Lycos in the back of his head. But I got to watch it again. Yeah. I e- Either it, way, I don't know. It's interesting. It, it looks like a headshot. That's why I was very surprised. Be like, oh, he's yep. totally fine. I was like, yeah. really? Right. I thought he was lying. I thought he was just trying to prevent unrest in right. among the, the, the people of Ryloth. But what's weird is like, I feel like that, that's, if I was going to complain about one thing in this episode, they don't really ever resolve that. And, and you never see him again. Like, did he actually mm-hmm. survive? Did he die? I don't know. Either way, well, they use the, they use his attempted murder um, as a, a, a reason to frame Cham and Eleni. And here's where things get mm-hmm. really interesting. Um, Captain Hauser has no idea. The clone trooper has no idea about what really happened. He thinks that it was Cham Sindul's people up on the cliff that shot Orn Frita. And he's actually talking to Vice Admiral Rampart about this. And Rampart doesn't ever clarify that it was Crosshair who took the shot. And he makes, he lets Hauser think that it was, that it was, um, Champs and Duel's people in order to frame Cham and have Hauser believe that Cham was behind it and he was doing the right thing by arresting mm. the Sindulas. Which is so fascinating to me. Well, it, it's also fascinating because you've got Hauser later basically pleading with Cham and Eleni saying, look, tell me where Hera, Hera is because I can protect her. You know, because you, you, you had that you had that emotion that was in Hauser going, look, you know, you can trust me. You've been around me for so long. I fought with you side by side. We're now at peace. I am here and I'm only thinking of Hera. But I just love the comeback. I think it was Eleni, uh, Eleni something to the extent of, can we really trust you after all mm-hmm. this? And you could see Hauser just kind of walk away dejected. That's like, okay. So let's let's talk about Hauser a bit more. I loved this clone trooper. First of all, it's cool to see another clone trooper again, especially with like, he still has his old custom teal armor. Whereas most of the clones at this point have reverted back to their, their, um, you know, uh, plain white, uh, armor. And he's just an honorable guy. You know, I think he, I think he tries to do the right thing. And there were a couple points throughout these two episodes where he weren't really sure which side he was on. But at first he tries to let Hera go, 
right? As we talked about earlier, he when he feels like the Sindulas are breaking the law, he tries to to do what he's supposed to do and follow his his orders. But later on, we find out that when when he finally realizes that you know he's being played and that the people of Ryloth are being played, the Twi'leks are being played. He actually helps Cham and then uh, from prevents Cham and the Batch from walking into a trap and then actually goes and tries to reason with his own his own squad of clones and get them to basically defect or or put down their arms. Mm-hmm. And and that was something that I found very fascinating because you 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 had an opportunity. And and one of the things that happened is you had they were this clone troop was supposed to go to defend the the refinery. And it was Crosshair who figured out that it was, you know, a ruse. You've got the escape that's gonna be coming out of this door. Okay. So Crosshair gets basically in his perch. As soon as they come through the door, you had this feeling he was gonna open fire. But when Hauser comes out and does his speech, I am so surprised that Crosshair didn't take the shot. Because he easily could have done it as basically, this is a traitor to the Republic. You know that all those troopers who basically put down their arms, mm-hmm. they're not going to survive or they're going to be court-martialed. But you would think that to set an example, Hauser standing there, I, and you feel for Hauser because those are his troops. That's why he wanted to get out there and try and reason with them. And, and that's where I'm sitting there going, okay, now that they're Order 66, the Jedi are gone, and he might be a later clone trooper, is that why they need Omega? Because let's say the inhibitor chips are at the end of their service life, that now the Kaminoans need that fresh DNA for troopers coming later. Yeah, that's that's a interesting point. I'd love to circle back to that. But I think... yeah. As far as like killing Hauser, I, I, Crosshair, he may be the bad guy, but I don't think he's evil, right? He just, he's going after the batch. He's definitely, um, more, he's definitely, he does a lot of stuff that's not good, to be super, to be clear. Right. But I don't think he's someone who just kill one of his brothers with, without a good reason, right? And, mm-hmm. and in this case, Hauser is, not necessarily defecting, I guess. He's just laying down the arms and not wanting to fight. And so it makes sense that Crosshair would immediately put him and anyone who follows him under arrest. Right. And and they they do that. And actually, I wonder, like, what, what do you guys think happened to Hauser? Does he... We never... We don't know after this episode what after he gets arrested and the clones are arrested, it was, it was a great moment when he convinces all of the clones or many of the clones to, you know, to stop fighting and put down their, their weapons. Uh, they all get arrested and that's the last we see of them. Later episodes may give a hint. We don't know about what may happen. So. I don't know. Yeah. Let's, I, let's, Yes, there's some there's a moment in the next episode that I think may hint at what might happen here, but I, yeah. I want to wait till we get there. Yep. I also so Tom, you mentioned the inhibitor chips. 
how do you think like do, do you think those played a role in, in like hauser is a lot more he's not as compliant as the other clones mm-hmm. and i'm very curious how what happened to him how is he so how is he able to fight against his programming and mm-hmm. help cham in the batch well first off i think it's because you go back to the previous episode it was it was I'm trying to remember the conversation he had, but it's almost along the line of, you know, this is what you wanted. This is what we fought for. We fought to basically bring peace to the galaxy. That's what the mandate for the Republic was. We wanted peace in the galaxy. Okay. And technically at this point, Hauser looked at it from, you know, there is peace. Okay. And, and you even go back to, to cut cut was, was he wanted out because you know, he wanted a life. And now you've got these troopers going, look, that's all we were bred for is war. And they've been in it for so long. Some of these guys have got to be tired of it. And what is next for them? Yeah, I mean, that's true. Like, there's, I'm, I certainly see them being tired of it. But the, I thought the whole point of the inhibitor chip was to prevent, was to, you know, ensure their, their compliance. And so I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'd love to learn at some point how Hauser was able to fight against his programming. So, and- <sighs> Lay down the arms. One thing I wish I couldn't quite tell, and I'd have to go back, maybe I'll have to go back and look at some point. I thought in the first shot, like Hauser's got a pretty distinct haircut as well. Mm. I thought he might have some scarring from a head wound on like the back right in that first shot when we first see him um, in the plaza in the first episode. Mm. And so I one, I couldn't figure out for sure, but it, I wonder if he took some sort of, you know, combat damage um, and it was the inhibitor chip was infect, uh, infected, uh, impacted in some way, similar to like echoes wise or something along those lines. And that maybe explains it. Cause he, mm. yeah, mm. it's, it's hard to tell. Cause you know, he's still got the like kind of black hair fade. So it's hard to see what, what exactly is there, but I wonder if that's meant to be the, sort of the explanation for it. It's possible. But but you take a look at what Crosshair went through a couple episodes back when he had that um, ion engine basically burning his head. So, that, yeah. That, that, sorry, very random side note. When Crosshair show, uh, showed up in the previous episode, I was really disappointed. Like, oh, you look basically the same. It's a good I point. Expect, yeah. I was expecting like after we saw his like entire face and bandages at the end of the previous episode or whichever episode it was. Like, I was expecting a lot more. Uh, like disfigurement. Yep. Um, and not even a little, or not really. Like his his hair is short. Like it got singed off. But that was kind of it. Yeah. Yeah. I. That's a great point. I think one of the weird things about this uh, this season so far is just that things like that. I, I feel like we haven't seen a lot of crosshair. Like he kind of comes and goes, and without a whole I, lot of. Like at the end of this episode, he's finally given permission to hunt the Bad Batch. I'm like, but wasn't he? I was so confused by that. <laughs> wasn't line. he always given yeah. permission? <laughs> and then I thought that was what he was doing, and it's like, no, now you can go after. Like, you didn't consider them a problem before. I mean, maybe not a huge problem, but like, right. I thought that's what Crosshair Squad was doing in the first place. Right, yeah. and and not to, I'll try to keep this as spoiler free as I can. Um, he doesn't take action on that in the next episode or really in the one after, you know? Um, and he's taking his time and setting them up. I tried. Yeah. I'm very curious. Like, okay. I thought you had permission this whole time. 
I thought that was your whole job is to hunt down the bad badge, but then you're not. Right. And now you finally get permission, but then you don't go out and act on it. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's, it's one of the things I found the most confusing about, about this season. Maybe the episodes are rearranged or something. I don't know, but it just is, it's a bit weird. Yeah. Any, anyway. Um, so the second episode obviously does far more to bring the batch into the equation with Hera contacting them and they're now the ones trying to rescue them. Um, and I thought this was a, it's not as funny as they, the, the first episode was almost like the prequel. It explains right. why we got into the situation, why the batch need to come in in the first place. But I, I thought it worked really well and mm-hmm. paired nicely with after the first episode. I, I think it was great. The, the one thing I really liked was how, um, Hera was able to call them using a comlink channel that Omega gave her. And it's like, huh. And and you're looking at it just going, you know what? But that's what kids do. Because as a parent, you'd be like, don't, don't, don't give out information to a stranger. <laughs> and what does she that, do? And there's Omega writing the phone number, you know, in Right. Right. But but remember in the last episode, and I love this. I, I love it where where I think it was Hunter looked at Omega and said, I think you made a friend. She goes, Yeah, she's weird. I like her. <laughs> and and this this just goes to prove it. They ended up becoming friends. And it helped out because, you know, she needed to get help. And she was willing to pay. Yeah. yeah that's a great trait, right? Yep. And this is where we get into it. What I, I feel like is a common theme among the Bad Batch episodes where there's someone who needs help. The Batch doesn't... They kind of want to help, but they may not have a kind of worried. Oh, there's, we have other priorities. It's too dangerous, whatever. And then Omega just begs and begs and begs and begs and finally rationalizes with Hunter and Hunter agrees. And then they decide to go help. Um, and while, while I like it, it, it is a little bit, it feels like it's the same, same plot. Point, similar formula. The same formula that just keeps repeating. Right. And I feel like we've seen Hunter is a good guy. He wants to help other people. Uh, so it's a bit odd they keep so, retreading that that ground. I I do agree. There's a moment at the end though. So Hauser has walked out the front door. He's trying to convince the clones to join him and that this is wrong. And there's a moment where I feel like he and uh, Hunter make eye contact. I mean, Hunter's on the ship, so I'm sure it's not actual eye contact. And uh, so I'll say transparently, I have not watched the next episodes yet. So I'm my prediction may be completely wrong. Um, but it very much felt to me like Hunter, a moment where Hunter realizes that, no, there's, there's more I can do here. There, I, we can go from just surviving against the Empire to striking back in some way or, you know, taking action against them in order to protect others. Maybe it's other clones, maybe it's other groups like Ryloth that are being hunted down. Um, but I, I wonder if that sacrifice by Hauser has inspired him in some way. Hmm. That's possible. That could be very possible. Of course, Tom, I think you're, you're up to date on all the episodes, right? Yes. So so you know if I'm being accurate or not, but I don't. So <laughs> we'll find uh, out. Are, we'll, we'll, you, are you humoring me or is there something actually there? You won't I think know. we'll find out when we get there. We'll let yeah, we'll keep people in suspense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, I don't know. It's... I guess we'll, I guess you we'll, we'll see. Well, we'll, you'll see, Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, Specifically I, me. 
Uh, no, it's good. It's good because that this way you're not able, you're not spoiling, um, you're not spoiling yourself, and you're not injecting any anything about what might come in the future into your your reviews. So, mm-hmm. exactly, right. Um, well, all part of the plan, right? And and what I I think what I I like about this episode is, so the main thing is they have to go break out Hera's uh, parents, but they need a diversion. So they're going to go attack the refinery. And I love how it's Hunter is like, you can't do it unless you have a plan. So he basically challenged Omega, hey, come up with a plan. And Omega was like, okay, we're going to go attack the refinery while you guys go get the parents. And this this is what was kind of cool because she's getting involved now. She's slowly becoming like, let's say, one of the, the commandos. But this is where I loved is because Hera and Omega steal one of the transports. And it's funny because Hera finally gets to fly and she makes a I can't remember the comment, but she makes a comment about her parents and about can you fly this thing? And there was some kind of comment about the parents, but she finally gets to fly. And she crashes a lot. Yeah. But, you know, first time, everyone ha- it happens. Yeah, in, in some cases, when you crash and you walk away, hey, it's a great landing. Look, when I learned to drive, I hit a dog. So, I mean, minor details. <laughs> it was, a, to be clear, it was a stone statue of a dog. But, <laughs> okay, <know>. good. Minor. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, that was a good one. That was a good one. But the one thing, it, Chopper. Chopper actually did shine in this episode because I got to tell you, when Hera and Omega went to go to the refinery to kind of to take out, let's say, the guns that we saw in the previous episode that were protecting the refinery, the, the plan was to get Chopper in past uh, security. And didn't you love how he was able to do that to where he kind of like was in line with everybody? And then at the last minute, he scooted out. And this is what I love. Found an area that was not being monitored. Hey, Imperials. Having everybody come through one location and monitor that one location, you got a couple blind spots because he found what three of them to get by mm-hmm. to get through. Yeah, that chopper man and and, and Empire, you got to look for those blind spots. I do like that chopper didn't overshadow as much as he or he wasn't as big of a presence as he was in Rebels. Correct. He's still chopper. Like he shocks a bunch of clones. He like does the sorts of things you expect out of chopper, but it. I appreciated that he didn't overshadow what the rest of the batch was doing. He wasn't, you know, the batch, you know, we're still the, the main stars of the episode. It's, yep. I think how you want it to work. Yeah. No, I thought Chopper was used very well in this episode, just like, just like Hera, you know, he was there, but sometimes Chopper can be, I say this with all, all love for Chopper. He can be a bit much and he was not, um, did not do that in this, this episode, which was, which was nice. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So I guess the, one of the, the, we, I think, and this is probably one of the things that sets, probably sets Hauser over the edge a bit more, but, um, uh, we see again, as you were talking about, uh, previously with the empire starting to kind of turn up the heat and everything, become a little more evil. They start rounding up, any citizen who supports Cham, regardless of what they're doing, they could just be minding their own business, but if they ever supported Cham Syndulla, they get rounded up. And it just, again, yep. shows the Empire is uh, merciless and will come after anyone. 
again, just kind yeah. of showing the development of of the empire. Mm-hmm. And it's fascinating to see happen. It's probably my favorite thing that this show is doing. Mm-hmm. And it's it's with with each episode, it's another baby step forward. It's not like they're just bashing it on you in one episode. It's that little step. And then with Hauser sitting there like questioning, you could tell that it's not setting right with with the troops, at least some of them. Yeah. No, and, and, and that's why I was so glad with it. Uh, some of the, the clones tried to tried to leave, although it, it didn't work out well for them. And I, I really do hope we find out what happens. It's not good is the answer, yeah. just for the record. I do love Hauser. So I hope, yeah. I hope we get to see him again. Okay. Um, but while he, he kind of distracts the clones and tries to get everyone to, to, to join him, the, the batch and the Sindolas all escape using, um, Orin Frita's personal shuttle and, uh, and kind of fly out of there. And, you know, you get, you get a nice moment where Cham kind of acknowledges that, while he's tired, you know, he, he wishes he was, he was done fighting. He's kind of realized that he, he can't be done fighting. The war is not over. The clone wars mm-hmm. may be over, but the, the larger war has the battle is the battle may be over, but the war is not, is not ended. And, and we get this nice foreshadowing where I think it's Eleni who says, you know, this, this fight will be theirs, meaning they're, Omegas and Hera's just as much mm-hmm. as as theirs, and of course we know that <laughs> Hera will be the one of you know one of the main players in the rebellion and later the um, uh, the New Republic. So it's a nice it's, moment. It's very reminiscent to me of um, I remember if you go way back the Legacy comic series that Dark Horse published. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things they often talked about with you know what the idea behind was that that series was what is this what is a galaxy that has been dealing with war constantly what does it look like mm-hmm. and i'm getting a lot of the same vibes of you know there people want like the reason the empire lasts as long as it does and it, i guess in the grand scheme of things it's not actually around that long but um it's from people like cham who are they've been fighting for a long time they're ready to be done they're ready to move on to something different yeah uh, that's that's really attractive after you've been fighting a galactic civil war like yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, so do you think in the episodes coming forward or going forward that we will see what is really going to drive Cham to be the crusader going forward that we know he becomes in Rebels? Will we see uh, Eleni uh, not be around anymore? Because it seems to me, as Stephen, you pointed out in the previous episode, it was her that kind of talked him down of taking out Frita. So it seems like she is his ground. And if we know in Rebel she's not around anymore, then will we see it? It's a good question. I'll be honest, I don't remember Cham's appearance in Rebels very well, <laughs> which makes That's it okay. slightly tough for me to, to say. I, I will say, I was very glad that neither of them died in this episode, which, I mean, I guess I... If I had remembered, I would have known that, no, Cham isn't going to die. But um, I did not remember. Uh, but I, 
I thought that was really good that we didn't, uh, I don't know, sacrifice these characters. And I, I hope we get to see more of them in the future. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously we see more Cham, but I hope right. we get to see more of Eleni as well. Yeah. We we shall see. You know, we've got how many more episodes left of uh, Bad Batch? If they uh, reappear, we'll. You know, I'm just hoping for another season. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. I think if it happens, it's gonna be. It's not gonna be in. Um, it's not gonna be in at least this season of Bad Batch. Right? It, it would have to be another season of Bad Batch. I right. suspect. I suspect this is all we're gonna. This is all we're gonna get. Which is fine. I- like the star, the part of me wants to see every single detail of every character, but I accept that that's not realistic. It's not going to happen. And it's okay. I'll just take some deep breaths and we'll uh-huh. go from there. But I still really appreciated this episode for, for what it was and getting to see more of Ryloth, getting to see all these characters from Clone Wars and, and Rebels all in, in one place. Mm-hmm. It was it was honestly really nice, and 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 most importantly, getting to see, um, you know, the the development of the Empire in a way that's a little bit less in your face. As much as I love the references to chain codes and all the more obvious stuff, this is a this is, these are just two episodes that really let you immerse yourself in how the Republic became the Empire and really get to see the ramifications of it on a yeah. planet like. Ryloth. It's much more almost subversive is the word I might use. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's really, really well done. Yeah. It's so well done. Yep. I don't know. You guys have any more thoughts or, or should we get to our, our yeah, review? I, I think I'm good to rate. I, I think I'm good to rate. Uh, Steven, do you want to go first? I would be happy to go first for once. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm only going to do one thing I think with my Womp Rats um, just because I'm not going to be able to come up with two interesting things off the top of my head um, but Devil's Deal the first episode just literally a 10 out of 10 for me mm. um, by far my favorite episode of The Bad Batch and probably one of my favorite episodes that they've done overall uh, it just really felt like it was firing on all cylinders we had amazing characters we had like fantastic uh, like a plot going on just it all came together to me and was just perfect. Right. Um, so easy 10 out of 10 for me. Um, Rescue on Ryloth, I thought was, I enjoyed. Uh, didn't quite hit the same like high level I think I might have liked, but still a very solid episode that was uh, was good to watch. And um, that sounded really lame, but you know what I mean. It, it was good. <laughs> um, so I'd probably give Rescue on Ryloth an eight, uh, averaging them into a 10, but like Devil's Deal, I will always point to at this point is like this I don't know this is for me this is the highlight of the first season of Bad Batch like mm-hmm. without even trying um but yeah let's see um I, I still have to figure out what I'm going to do with my Womp Rats um I think it's just gonna you know so there's there's this whole other plot that we didn't quite get to see pay off in the episode which is unfortunate but the original plan was you know there's, there's that scene where Gobi is checking the weapons that the Bad Batch have delivered he's like yeah these are all good um, and they talk about bringing more weapons in, but what really is going to be ha- was going to happen. The plan is Sid was going to be sending in some commando womp rats, eighteen of them, smuggled in weapons <laughs> containers, so that the Empire would never find them. Got uh, it. And they were the ones who were going to free Ryloth. But you know, unfortunately, other events came together and prevented that from being a reality. But what are you going to do? Ah, uh, too funny, Tom. 
Okay. Um, I'm going to echo what Steven said about the first episode. Uh, I'm going to give that one a 10. And I'm giving it a 10 because what I really loved about it, I did not expect to see an origin story for Harrison Dula. And I think it was pulled off very well. And I think having the Bad Batch just stuck in that little bit didn't hurt the show at all. And I just, I enjoyed it. I was going to knock it down a 0.5 because, okay, I know when it comes to Admiral, Vice Admiral Rampart, I've been watching his animation and his animation has been really bothering me. I am a guy who grew up with the old Thunderbirds. And I know I mentioned this, I think, for the Clone Wars when it first started. Um, Sometimes when he moves, it's like a marionette moving where the head turns the same time as the body. <laughs> just, just, I, I, my eye catches it because I am so tuned to watching animation. My eye catches that, like, I would say 50% of the time. And I'm not going to knock that. I'm not, I'm not going to give it the point. I'm giving this a flat out 10. I'm not going to make that, that a judgment call on this. Rescue on Ryloth, I'm giving that a nine. I enjoyed it. I love the chemistry between Omega and Hera. What that's going to uh, come up to in the future, if we see anything more in the future, we know we don't see it in Rebels, but in the future, you never know what you're going to get. So that's a nine for Rescue on Ryloth, a 10 for Devil's Deal. So that's 19 Womp Rats. So the 19 Womp Rats, we're going to get back to the episode where Hera met Omega. The one thing you did not see because they cut away too quickly was Omega actually has a pet, actually not one pet, 19 of them. And she was going to show them all to Hera to say, hey, I have these 19 womp rats that are running around on the ship along with all, you know, with the five of us. They are my pet. And can you help me name them? And that's when she had to leave. So anyway. A 10 and a 9. William, you're up. Oh my gosh, this is a, this is a tough one. I keep going back and forth. Like I really loved seeing uh, young Hera getting to deal with, like we talked about the, the origins of the Empire, or not the origins, but more how the Empire uh, can um, uh, take over a planet and how the, the people of Ryloth go from loving or being a little skeptical of the Republic to to welcoming them and appreciating them. And then all of a sudden realizing that they are no longer the people that help them anymore. And, and, and kind of champ has to fight again. And actually there, there, if I was like comparing the two, there are parts I like better in that first part in the first episode, there's things I like better in the second episode. Like I loved Hauser's um, character development in the second episode. I uh, just loved it. Uh, and I think a lot of the, the evolution of Ryloth happens more in the first episode. So I go back and forth and back and forth. And it's been, I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to pick, um, which one I, I like better. Not that I have necessarily have to like one better or not. Uh, I think it was pretty clear though. Both of you guys preferred the first one. And for me, I'm like, Oh yeah, this, I like, I like both. It was interesting to see Orn Free Ta. I wish they'd kind of given us a little more closure on what happened to Orn Free Ta. And also what happens to Hauser and the clones that, kind of started to go up against the um, maybe, maybe didn't follow through with their, their orders. I'd love to learn more about what happens to Hauser. How did he manage to do that with the inhibitor chip? 
Um, but I guess those will maybe saved for a future episode. But um, I guess overall, I'll probably give each episode a nine. Uh, both episodes a nine. Um, ultimately, I, I don't think. Um, yeah, I just I really enjoyed them both. Uh, I guess what what more is there to say? It was really well done. It's cool to see Clone Wars and Rebels and Bad Batch all coming together in in one episode and. I hope we get more of this. We probably won't. If it's who knows, we don't know if it's one season or more. But I, I hope we get more of this in the future. So, yeah, I'm gonna give it nine one price out of out of ten, both of them. And um, you know, we found out in this episode. I don't think it was ever actually explicitly stated because Gonky just kind of shows up on on um, on the Bad Batch's ship. But Gonky himself is defective, apparently. Um and doesn't really Forgot work. That. That's true. Yeah, and so he's he he like the rest of Clone Force ninety nine. Gonki is um a bad batch, right? Um and the 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 nine Womp Rats or eighteen, depending on how you look at it. Um, they're there to um uh to to help try to repair Gonki and and support him when when needed. So how nice of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very nice of them. <laughs> well, coming up on the uh, ion cannon podcast, we have the bad batch season one, episode 13 infested. Uh, yes. Yeah. There, this is the, um, third to last episode is that right um no the fourth to last sorry there's just i'm losing track so there's only four episodes left in the the season and maybe even the series so i guess we'll see what happens but uh since this episode has already aired we do have a synopsis to save a friend the batch plot a mission to sabotage a gangster's operation so we will be reviewing that next weekend along with War Mantle, which just came out on Friday. So expect our reviews of both of those, as well as episode 15 next weekend. So we're going to quickly catch up on everything we missed. Thanks for your patience while we were out. I know um, a number of us had trips. Um, yeah, had travel uh, to do. D- different travel. I was um, actually got married and I was on my honeymoon, so I couldn't... Hey, congratulations. Di- thank hey. you. It was a little difficult to podcast uh, while... Uh, I'll do while while on a honeymoon. So thanks for bearing with us. And we're back though for the rest of the season. And yeah, we will, um, we will talk to you more soon. Thanks for listening. And we're so excited to bring you more episodes of Ion Cannon next week. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncannoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. 
This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.